And let's listen to God's Word this morning. We have two readings for this Sunday. The Gospel reading is about Jesus and some of his disciples on top of a mountain. Welcome to the Route 42 the reading, Podcast. Though, the one in the I'm Pastor Chris Cahill, and I'm Pastor of Christ the King Lutheran Church. Saint Peter We're located on death, U.S. Route 42, north of Lodi, Ohio. So Saint Peter the Route 42 Podcast is the place the to hear recordings of recent sermons we of Christ not the King follow cleverly and sometimes special conversations with our when members we told and friends. You about the coming of our Lord in our Jesus review Christ of the Forgiving power, Challenge, but we, we revisited the acronym SCARS, S-C-A-R-S, Sin, Confession, Absolution, Restoration, and Sanctification, and remembered that the last S does stand for sanctification, which means the process of being made holy. But it also means living a life as a person freed from the threats of punishment for sins and free to answer the call and challenge of God to serve the people around you. In today's worship, we finish up our review of the Forgiving Challenge and get ready to work on the Serving Challenge during Lent. Above all, let's listen. You must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is the first reading this morning. And the Holy Gospel is in Mark chapter 9, beginning at verse 2. Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud, This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is God's word for us this morning. Grace and mercy and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and from the Holy Spirit, as always. Amen. When Jesus took the disciples up to the top of that mountain, and he was transfigured before them, that means he was bright and shining. His clothes were as bright as anything they'd ever seen. And he was giving them a glimpse of the glory of God that said to them, This is the Son of God. So they knew that Jesus was not only a human being, but he was the Son of God. He showed them everything about his glory that proved to them he was the Son of God. But not quite everything. His glory as the Son of God was still incomplete at that moment. Now, don't get me wrong. I want to say, and I do say, Jesus is true God, fully God, truly human, fully human, but on the mountain of transfiguration, there was still something lacking. 
and it showed up when he rose from the dead on Easter Sunday and appeared to the disciples in the evening in his glorified body, the same as on the Mount of Transfiguration, his body risen from the dead, glorified the body that he will have in heaven, except then it was complete. It was finished because by then, on Easter Sunday evening, he had the scars from the nails in his hands and in his feet. When he showed himself to be the true Son of God on the Mount of Transfiguration, he hadn't been crucified yet. So what finished the job was those scars that he then showed to those disciples. The scars made it complete. The scars were what identified Jesus to the disciples after his resurrection that they did not see on the Mount of Transfiguration. We've been thinking about the scars of Jesus this whole month, this whole season of Epiphany, and I've been repeating it again and again and again, and using the letters in the word scars to talk about, as we learned in the Forgiving Challenge, to learn about how God goes about and has gone about forgiving us. And you've seen them. I started sneaking them into the early part of the worship service, too, so we can continue to be reminded of the S is for sin, the C is for confession, the A is for absolution or the washing away of sin, forgiveness. The R is for restoration, which is like in the parable of the prodigal son that Jesus taught. A boy who turned his back on his father, left home, totally did not want to have anything to do with anything he had grown up with, disappeared from the face of the earth for a while. But when he came back, all ashamed and out of money and everything, he never got a chance to even say to his father how sorry he was. The father caught up with him before then, ran to him, hugged him. He didn't even interrogate him. Where have you been? What have you been doing? Where did you keep your receipts? Nothing like that. He just hugged him, welcomed him, called to the servants, bring the robe, bring the sandals. Let's put them on him right now. My son was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and is found. That's restoration. And the last S in scars is for sanctification, which is a fancy church word that means living a holy life. Being made holy or living that holy life is the last part of it. What do we do after all these other things, after sin, confession, absolution, restoration, and now holiness? How do we do that? Well, as we start the season of Lent, it's a good time to talk about how we live a holy life, because a lot of times we focus on behaviors during Lent. What do we do? What do we do that's wrong that we should give up during Lent? What do we do to make ourselves look a little more holy in everybody else's eyes, right? Like, what are you going to give up? What are you going to not eat during Lent? What are you going to not do during Lent? That you can go around and say, I'm not doing this. See that? That's my Lent giving up for Lent badge right here. I'm giving up chocolate for Lent, right? Or, you know, we get ashes on our foreheads on Ash Wednesday, whatever. All these things that we do during Lent or think that we need to do in order to live holy lives, guess what? In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, don't do that. If you're going to do those so people will notice you, if you're going to go around, you know, like with a big t-shirt that says, I gave up chocolate for Lent or whatever, don't do it that way. If you want people to notice you, they'll notice you, and God will say, I don't know, hold on. That's not the point of doing all those things so that people will notice. So why do we want to do them? Because we think 
it's going to make us look more holy to somebody, maybe even in the eyes of God. But that's not what living the holy life is all about. And, and it comes at the end because it comes after sin, confession, absolution, and restoration, and then holiness. St. Paul writes, and we've heard this many times, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when you've made it this far through this process of God's forgiveness, sin, confession, absolution, and, and uh, restoration, this is God's process of forgiveness. When you get here, there's nothing left for you to do. Nothing. Jesus has taken care of it. It's all gone. It's all done. Martin Luther, centuries ago, wrote this wonderful little book called The Freedom of a Christian, and he said, because of Jesus, a Christian is free from anything. You're free from having to obey the law of God. You're free from having to keep practices of Lent. You're free from all that stuff. You don't have to do it all because when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We don't have to do anything because God loved the world so much that he sent his son Jesus, that whoever believes in him should not perish. It doesn't say whoever believes in him and gave up chocolate for Lent. No, it doesn't do it. It doesn't work that way. Whoever believes in him and prays incessantly doesn't work that way. Whoever believes in Jesus. Restoration, that's it. God has done everything for us, and the only thing left for us to do is this life of holiness. So where do we figure out what that holiness is? Well... Martin Luther also said this. You're free from following the requirements of the commandments, but the commandments also set up, here's what we do to live. We live to serve other people. He said the Christian is a perfectly free person subject to nobody, but at the same time, and in the second breath, Luther said, a Christian is a completely dutiful servant to serve everybody. The commandments in the Bible are don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't bear false witness against your neighbor, you know, those kind of things. Martin Luther in the catechism said, yeah, they mean all the don'ts, but they also mean things like help your neighbor in every physical need, help your neighbor protect his property, help him protect his reputation, help him honor his marriage, you know, all kinds of things like that. So the focus isn't on what you do, focus is on what your neighbor needs from you. That's what the life of sanctification and holiness is about. What is the person, the person sitting next to you, the person eating at the same table as you, the person living across the street from you, the random person you don't even know in the grocery store? What do they need from you? That's the direction for living the life of holiness. And that's why, as we finish up this forgiveness challenge, we move to the serving challenge right away because it's a natural outcome of this. What do we do to serve others? St. Paul would write this. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, restoration, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love, being of one spirit and ambition, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. The life of holiness. Look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. What do others need from us? Jesus did that for us. He said, your attitude, St. Paul continues, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, 
who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's what Jesus did. That's what the life of holiness looks like. It doesn't mean that you and I have to go to the cross like Jesus did. But it does mean that over the next season of Lent here, we'll be exploring what, how do we serve? How do we live that life? How do we take what God has done for us and given us and the forgiveness and restoration? What comes next? You know, when Jesus told the parable of the prodigal son, the son that ran away, and the father that welcomed him home, he continues and tells the story of the older brother who was resentful. It's over, But he doesn't say, what happened the day after the party, the welcome home party? What did the son do? He leaves that to another story, another day. And maybe that story that other day is how that son turned from that life of rejection to that life of serving and sanctification that way. This is how God does it with us. Sin, confession, absolution, restoration, and sanctification. But it's not how human beings typically respond to uh, one another. Okay, what we typically do is we start with somebody sinned against you, right? Or sinned against somebody. And then they confess that sin and say, I'm sorry for what I did. And then somebody says, you don't get forgiveness or absolution until I'm satisfied. So the S doesn't stand for sanctification. It's for satisfaction. You don't get restoration or absolution until I'm satisfied that you're really, really sorry for your sins, that you're contrite, or that you paid the price, right? You have to spend 15 years in jail before I might forgive you. That's the way human beings almost always operate with one another. You have to do something to earn my forgiveness. So the acronym then comes, comes out to be sin, confession, and satisfaction. And this can be a mighty long S. It can be years long. So it's pronounced. Ah, finally absolution. And you know what? Here's the, pro the other problem with that is. The other thing that human beings do. This might not ever come, restoration. Because somebody might say, all right, you prove to my satisfaction that you're contrite and you're I forgive you, but I never want to have anything else to do with you the rest of my life. That's what we do. That's not what God has done for us. What he has done for us is said, absolution, forgiveness, and restoration, and then finally, sanctification. Not satisfaction, not God saying, you have to satisfy my requirements. No, we're free of that. We don't have to do that. All that he asks of us now is, to do the kinds of things that Jesus did for us, to live the kind of life that Jesus lived for us, to serve like Jesus served us. That's all he asked for us to do. Jesus went up on the mountain of transfiguration to show his glory to the disciples so that they would know he truly was the Son of God. But he was not completely finished with everything until he got the scars from the nails. Then it was finished. It was not only that our salvation was finished. It was not only that our forgiveness was complete. It was not only that his suffering and death was complete. It was now everything that he came to do 
was the full, complete package. And you and I have that forgiveness. We have that restoration from the Father. And we have the opportunity to go forward in everything that we do and live the lives like Jesus did, the lives of salvation, the lives of service, and the lives of holiness. In the name of Jesus, the peace of God that passes all our understanding will keep our hearts and minds. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. This episode of the Route 42 podcast was recorded live during a worship service at Christ the King Lutheran Church in Lodi, Ohio, on February 11, 2024. You can find out more about us and sign up for our email list at our website, www.christthekinglodi.org. Check out the show notes for details. God bless you and thank you for listening.